righty. Hold on uno momento, por favor. I just got back from Mexico. You can't tell. Looking tan, ready to go. <laughs> nice and do? relaxed. And then you, you come back and it starts up right away. Pete McCrae is going to hold it down for a second. How are we doing today? Everybody good? Did you have a nice warm week in Mexico? Maybe not. Maybe so. Maybe you got down to spring training. That would be nice. We still have snow here. It doesn't feel like opening day is three weeks away from today. Three weeks. And we still got snow on the ground around here. We're getting there, slowly but surely, as I think we're all we're all set now. See, this is we why should we should be all this set. This is why Darren and I were, are the only people that have not been signed to the Mets front office by now. <laughs> this is why. Well, Pete, you did a great job. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what? what's really weird about this? I actually turned the air conditioning off, not the air conditioning, the heat off, about 20 minutes ago because it was sizzling in here. But this room has a lot of static. So occasionally when you touch the mic, the camera freezes for whatever reason. But... Anyway, uh, orange and blue thing, back out here on Long Island, season three, episode three, not that you really need to know that, March 7th, 2019. I'm Darren Mina, that's Pete McCarthy, we got Lizzie behind the scenes. Hey, hey, hey. As Pete said, we are back from Mexico. Mexico was a fun time. We were down there for the wedding of Tara and Richie, which was a beautiful ceremony. Wish you could have been there, Pete. Um, They met from the group back in 2015, and as luck would have it, love was in the air. They got married, and that's a nice day. My goodness, it was beautiful. And the 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 guy that he officiated the thing is is named the general in the Sevillan army. So he actually did a great job. He he got. Do you get? Is that called getting ordained? I don't know. He got the rights to start saying weddings or or officiating weddings, and um, it was really cool. There was about eighty something people there, and I think. at least 25, 30 of them were from the crew, which was really fun. It was amazing. You the Mets bring love, you know? Uh, did I tell you that uh, Tara's dad pulled me aside at the wedding? No. Yeah, and he was all dressed up kind of pimp, pimp-like at his big uh Yeah, we were, big co- we were we kept on saying that he was the head of the mafia. And that he should have actually, his, his accessories should have been like a Tommy gun or something. So yeah. he's like, can I have a word with you for a second? I'm like, shit, did I do something down Uh-oh. here that I don't know about? And uh, he basically just shook my hand and said, you, you know, not not as many words that we wouldn't be here without the group, but he said, look around, and this this all kind of happened because of the Sevillan Army. So he kind of shook my hand and said, thank you. So that was it was really nice to have that little moment with him. I, I He's a part of the crew, but I haven't really spoke to him that often, so that was that was nice. That's awesome. Now, have there been a lot of weddings related to the Sevillan Army, or is this This is this the first? second that I know of, okay. but Joe DeMeo actually met his girlfriend at an outing. Uh, I think she wanted nothing to do with him in the beginning. Sorry, Joe, if I'm, if I'm throwing <laughs> you under the bus here. <laughs> But I think in the beginning, she kind of didn't want anything to do with them. Uh, That's the way it usually starts. I, th- I think the girl, Anna, who was part of the calendar, introduced them. Or maybe I'm completely wrong, but I, I think that's how it went down. But now they're they're doing great. Um, and uh, <laughs> <No> <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Hey, Joe. <laughs> but Hope you're doing well. <laughs> did you see the tweet when we were down there, the email I got from the woman that wants to get married at City Field on opening day? I You told me about it, but I don't know anything else about so it. So Andrew's going to actually say another wedding at opening day this year. At Is he really? Yeah. Andrew's doing it? I linked oh. them up through email, and uh, <laughs> that's what's going on. So that's, that's going to be pretty cool. So He's got yeah. a good business going Yeah. Now. Y- yeah. I, I, I don't know if he charges for that, but he should, you know? Um, so that's, I'm not going to say awesome. who, what the names are. Cause so I don't a home know. opener and a wedding yeah. all in one. And it's that's 29 amazing. days away. Is that what we said? Yeah, uh, 20, 29 days. Had the little countdown here. and change to the home opener, and then three weeks to opening day down in Washington. That's We're getting there, baby. We're getting there, slowly but surely. But we talked about this in Thank the car goodness. on the way here. You know, it's it's been a pretty mild winter, and then 
as luck would have it, and then we get snow a couple days ago. And last year we had a snow out the first the first week of the season. So the the, the tides are changing with the weather around here. It's all loopy. But no, it's all going to change next week. We're in the fifties next week, and then really sixties the after that, and yes. then it's going to be the eighties, and we're just going to go straight to summer. Eighties. We're just going to skip spring straight into summer. No, no more. No, I like spring. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's do spring like all throughout the summer. How about that? <laughs> like sixties and seventies. I'll compromise. It's okay. All right. So get out of winter. <laughs> Give us a call if you want to chit-chat about the Mets or the weather or whatever. <laughs> 631-388-5195. And tonight we are also giving away two gift cards for the Seven Lines website. All you got to do is click share right now if you're watching on Facebook or retweet if you're watching on Periscope or Twitter. You'll name Your name will automatically be put in the running to win the gift cards towards the end of the program. We randomly select you, and then you could spend it on whatever you want on our website. But let's give a shout-out to our friends at McKellar. Pete, what are you drinking tonight? I have the Sally Silk. I, think, I had that last week. It's uh, delicious. I'm on the Halla at your boy, and Lizzie's on the Henry Hops. Henry Hops, yep. There we go. Cheers. Cheers to you. Cheers, Cheers to all you guys yep. watching at home. Drink responsibly, of course. But. Oh, it's good. <laughs> it's really good, right? Smooth. I like that, yes. The Sally Silk. Uh, McKellar has a beer delivery service, which. I think it's phenomenal. I haven't used it yet. I'm actually going to go to McKellar next week, so I don't need to use the service. I'm going to pick it up, Stock up in person. But the beer delivery service, it's called Beer Here. Just go to McKellarNYC.com. I'll go on the top of the page, click the little delivery button, and you can scroll through all the different options they have. The different, they have different bundles. You can just pick your favorite, add it to your cart, and use the discount code T7L20, and that'll give you 20% off your delivery. So uh, definitely head on over to McKellarNYC.com and pick up some brewskis. I love the future. The future is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful thing. We were Beer talking about on demand. Let's go. Before we went live, if you're watching the live stream, I got a, some letters back here that are battery operated and the lights are dimming. And Lizzie's like, well, just go on Amazon, which is crazy that you could just order some batteries and they'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's, it's, not, a, Beer, it's not a bad world. batteries, T-shirts. <laughs> You basically order anything you want on Amazon, which Whatever started from a, a, a book delivery service, I think it's how it started. I think the Phillies bought Bryce Harper on uh, Amazon. They, they, did they really? That's, that's, they, that's transitional it. a bit. So uh, Bryce Harper is on the Phillies. And uh, what do you think <laughs> about that, Mr. McCarthy? It, uh, it probably won't take as much getting used to as you might think because we're all accustomed to dealing with Bryce Harper and any Met fan disliking Bryce Harper, and he'll just fit right in. I think he's a wonderful fit in Philadelphia, and from a Philly standpoint, boy, you got to like what they've done over all this offseason. JT Brielmuto, Gene Segura, to name a few, they've loaded up that team. Obviously, it stinks for the Mets in the division now because you have Josh Donaldson added to a division champion team in Atlanta, all that talent in Philadelphia, and then Washington added Patrick Corbin and some pieces, and they have Juan Soto, who's only getting better, so... You know, you look at this division, it's the toughest in Major League Baseball. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it right now. And you have four teams that are truly competing, and then the Marlins. But, yeah, yeah. You know, the Mets are, are right in that mix. And you got to think right now, in my mind, they're third or fourth on the list. But I, I think it's close enough that things can break their way. Speaking of the Marlins, did you see? I think it's on the cover of the paper today. Jeter's on the cover saying that wins aren't as important. It's more about the experience at the ballpark. And wins come second. But the experience at the ballpark, no one's ever there. So I don't really know what he's talking about. Well, no home run sculpture now. <laughs> yeah. So that takes away some of the experience there. Uh, 
Well, I, you know about fan experience at the ballpark, right? I, mean, I you can, I have can have stand a good Marlins time, Park, even if the you know team. No, no, stinks. no. Yeah, and we kind of say that as well. You know, when the but team, how do you create that? Right, right, right. But yeah, you can. I think when the Marlins are kind of what they are, but the the fan experience, I feel like I talk about that all the time. Even last year, the Mets had the horrific May and June, but you know we're still out there in July celebrating our fandom and hanging out with each other as fans and enjoying the ballpark atmosphere or the tailgating or whatever it may be. But Marlins Park in general for me is not really a fan, you know, friendly place. I mean, it's a nice spot. It's 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 not really a ballpark to me. So how they just say that winning might come second to the experience, I don't really know what experience they may be talking Maybe about. Maybe the Clevelander, they still have that in left yeah, field. Yeah, it's all right. It's kind of like we were talking about PSL. Once you go to Duffy's for a day, you're kind of over it. Once you're in the Clevelander for like an inning, you're kind of like, eh, okay. this it's is what it is. Yeah. So, you know, for obviously Miami, they're not going to be very good. Right, right. But the division, it is absolutely loaded. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So, you know, I just think it's going to be fun. You start looking ahead. You play each team in your division 19 times. So that's going to be 57 games that the Mets play against the Braves, Nationals, and the Phillies. That's like a third of your schedule yeah, right yeah. there, more than a third. So uh, that that is what excites me about this year because in years past – you just waited for those games against the Nationals. Right, it felt right, like there right, were 19 right. games that mattered and everything else. We didn't expect the Braves to be as good as they were last year. But this year, you walk in and you know how many meaningful games there should be for this Mets team, at least in the outset that you can cross off. And uh, you hope that the Mets are still in it there. We've, picked, the uh, we've picked for our outings the last three years, I think, I believe, three years. Last year's outing got actually shifted from April to September, but we, we go down to D.C. every September, at least for the past couple of years. And I'm hoping or waiting for it to be like a big game. So it hasn't been yet. Last year, both teams were out. We get down there. It's kind of flat. You know, you know, it is what it is. It's still a fun day out there with our friends, but I'm waiting for the big September game where a game against the Nationals matters, and it's going to be fun. Are you guys going to be part of the, the 50th anniversary? Uh, are you planning on having an outing for that? At the, the home? Yeah, we have, a, we have an outing on that day. That's our 100th outing. Oh, so wow. since Chicago got canceled, we pushed it to June 29th at home. Okay. Um, but we could talk about the 50th anniversary and for the unfortunate news that came out today with Tom Seaver, uh, as you're on your way out here, I'm, I'm sure you saw mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, so we were speaking about this. He had some health complications a few years ago with Lyme's disease. Mm-hmm. And then today it comes out that he has dementia and the announcement, I think Tacoma is the one I read first that he's retiring from public life. He's going to spend his time on his vineyard with his yeah, family. The and family all that. told the baseball yeah. hall of fame who put it out there. And, and the Mets, uh, also had a, a statement from Jeff Wilpon as well today on it. And obviously it's, um, you know, it's a shame. It's tough for anybody who's been around, uh, you know, d- dementia, uh, you know, someone who's suffering from that. It, it's tough on everybody around you, tough on the family. And of course, for it to be, you know, from a, a Mets fan perspective, for it to be this year where you look forward to all those guys from 69 coming back and having that moment and knowing that Tom Seaver, who's the franchise, yeah. means, means everything to this franchise, and really, you know, put them on the map as something other than just a laughing stock and a punchline, which is what the Mets were until Tom Seaver came along. Uh, it 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 will be a, a huge gap, an emptiness as part of the whole thing, and you just you hope the best for you know, obviously for Tom Seaver and his family as they as they go through this. But um, you know it's it's really a shame. And again, you know, in this year where we're supposed to be yeah, celebrating yeah. really 
uh, excited about everything that that team accomplished. So when I sat down with Brody down in Florida, I brought it up about a Seaver statue because this comes up a lot. Oh, yeah. And you're a Mets fan, and and Mets fans seem to bring this up pretty often. I mean, oh, it's yeah. not a a maybe something that everyone harps over, but a lot of fans do mention this. Mm-hmm. There's GoFundMe's every year. There's petitions, and the Mets certainly see that type of thing. I would hope they see that type of thing and take it into consideration. So I asked Brody about this, and he kind of danced around it a little bit, but he's I don't really think it's on his radar. We talked it's about not it. it's not really call. his it's yeah. on his position or his department really but uh this statement did come out from jeff wilpon uh, a little bit ago on the mets twitter account it says we've been in contact with the siever family and are aware of his health situation although he's unable to attend the 69 anniversary we are planning to honor him in, a, in special ways and have included his family in our plans our thoughts i'm sorry i'm screwing this up here i think it says the thoughts and prayers with tom nancy and the entire siever family so i don't know we, we spoke about this privately what what could they really have planned? I mean, besides, they are, his number's already on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could do like a video trip. I don't know. What, what, what kind of plans do you think they might have? Well, even today. Besides a statue. Just being on social media, the conversation is, you know, can we finally see this statue? And I think in the case of Tom Seaver, he is a singular figure in Mets history, right? There are other players now who have had their numbers retired, Mike Piazza, uh, and now for you know Seaver to separate him, I think, from even that group, right? You expect David Wright to be another player to have his number retired. I think that would be right, but uh, for Seaver, he is a level above even a Piazza or a David Wright in what he means to this franchise and this team. So to me, yeah, it would be great if there are plans uh, of that nature and and to have something else out there at city field uh, not just the apple but to really understand that the history you could bring your kids talk about tom yeah, Seaver, right i yeah. mean even i'm 34 i didn't see tom Seaver pitch but i've heard about it from my dad and you talk to any mets fan over i guess the cutoff would be about 45 years old about the day tom Seaver was traded they still cry when right, they right, talk right, about right. that he was that he, kind he of impactful figure wasn't there a name for that day yeah it was, uh, black monday no, right, something like that yeah. right right so do you think i mean i certainly feel this way it's too late not too late i mean it would be great if they do it but they kind of missed the boat on this yeah. if tom could have been there if they do make a statue, uh, unveil the, the cover and have a whole ceremony behind it, which they might still do with his family present. But I feel like it's it's, it's I don't know. It's a, it's a little too late. Is it is it bad form for them to do it now? Well, you wish that if they are going to do it, that he would have been there to see it, just as you wish he would be there to be able to experience the 50th anniversary. Um, but uh, unfortunately. You know, this is the case now, and you know, we'll say in the case of Tom Seaver, he has been recognized for his greatness within the Mets, outside the Mets, overall in his career, time and time again. I mean, when he was voted into the Hall of Fame, it was by the highest percentage in the history of voting at that time, and I think that record stood until recently. This year, it, it might have been Mo beat him, yeah. or, or maybe even Griffey or something uh, in the in recent past, but it stood for a long time, and I think it just shows this guy was a slam dunk, and he was great at his peak. He lasted a long time, and he's everything to the Mets. They were a total laughing stock. It was Marv Throneberry and the 62 Mets, and you know you had all the the jealousy of the Yankees and then, you know, Giants and Dodgers fans are still bitter about losing a team, maybe hadn't gone all in on the Mets, but Tom Seaver made them a real 
baseball team and not just a group of misfits. That's what he meant to, you know, the fan base and the people that were, you know, rooting for this team or or thinking about it in those days. I got a book I got to get you. I was reading it a couple nights ago. It's all about Mr. Met, but it's a, it's also telling kids the history of the team and how they came to be and they talk about the 69 team so once you got your little one coming soon i'll, I'll definitely get it for you but we have a caller who wants to chime in about stever so we got mark and rockaway what's up mark what's up guys what's uh, happening we're just doing? hanging out on a thursday talking about the Mets, drinking some beers what about you well look i haven't seen either of you guys since the qbc oh and, mark uh, mr mark healy what's up <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I, I wanted to chime in. First of all, uh, Pete looks fabulous. I mean, just, he looks he looks unbelievable. He shaved that beard, and like no one knows who he was. Yeah, my father, my Confusing my father told him for 15 minutes and didn't realize it was him. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, on, on a somber note, obviously, uh, you know, the news about Tom Seaver is is really hitting home for a lot of people, and. Um, you know, I, I, I had actually found out a few weeks ago um, when I tried to contact uh, Tom to uh, interview him for my book, and, you know, um, I, was, I was asked not to say anything, and, and, you know, of course I would never do that. And um, what, what's upsetting is, is when you think about Tom's, when you think about what Tom has been through with the Mets, you know, first M. Donald Grant forces him out in 77, then when he comes back and has his heroes welcome, Frank Cashin leaves him unprotected in the 84 free agent compensation pool. And then when he, you know, he fails, his, you know, when he tries to come back in 87 and, and basically retires, uh, he wants to go into broadcasting. Who hires him? The Yankees. So, you know, um, Tom's relationship with the, with the Mets has always been a little... Yeah, he's uh, on the 86 Red Sox team, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, do you guys think that that I mean, you guys think that a statue is in the future uh, for for Tom, or is are the Mets just not going to ever do anything like that? Well, I I think that there is room for there to be something singular that separates Mike Piazza from others. I, I personally am not obsessed with the idea of a statue. I, I think that's what a lot of other teams have done, which is great. Maybe the Mets come up with something unique on their own that ends up being more fitting, but I don't have that idea top of mind. So to me, a, a statue would be phenomenal. I think it would be something that would look great outside of City Field. Again, it's nothing new. This has been a conversation since City Field was built. Uh, so, you know, I don't think this is the impetus for it, but the 50-year anniversary certainly could be. Uh, the other thing, too, uh, guys, and I, I, you know, I love being a part of, you know, I love, I love that, you know, that you guys have, are doing this, and I, I think it's great that Pete's on. Um, but just, just to leave you with um, the idea that, you know, it would be nice to see um, this become at least a kind of a learning moment for the Mets because let's be honest, they haven't been very good at embracing their past. You know, I know they're celebrating the 50th anniversary, um, but maybe, maybe they should do a better job of embracing these guys while they can still be a part of 
Absolutely. Know, that's why it's great seeing, with the fans. You it's know? great seeing Ed Cranepool back in the fold and, and back at City Field and around the team down there at spring training. I, I think I think the Mets have gotten a little bit better with that over the last few seasons and have made an effort, but you know, obviously it, it takes a, a lot of time to make that happen. And thanks so much for calling in, Mark, and, and good hearing from you. Uh, but as far as you know, embracing that history again. This isn't a new conversation right, 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 for right, right. Mets fans. This is something that everybody wants to see. When City Field was built, it was the complaints about <laughs> the walls, the colors. It's the Jackie Robinson rotunda. It doesn't have Mets history involved. And now, if you go there, there there's a yeah, lot more, yeah, obviously, yeah. and they have fixed a, a lot of those things. So this is this is just part of it. And you know, I don't want to just say, "Oh, you got to have a statue." Tom Seaver needs right. a statue, and that's the only thing. Maybe there is something else, but I, I would love to see him honored in a way again that's singular, that's separate from you know just the number right, being right, retired. Right. Because in now the sixty-year history of this Mets team, I do some quick math there, <laughs> uh, almost sixty. Uh, you know, for the Mets, they. He is he's the one guy. Yeah, and there's yeah. nobody the else even yeah. coming down the pike that right. you say, Oh, this could be a Seaver type of player. Matt Harvey, right, was gonna be the next Seaver. And yeah. you see how rare it is that you have somebody who not only dominates on the field, but leads and, and understands what it takes to win in a way that Tom Seaver did. Well, besides him, a more current player like a guy like David Ray or Piazza, who was down at spring training last week, Piazza spoke with someone and, and he was asked, is there more room on the wall for a five? And he said that, you know, he thinks so. But I don't know if the Mets are going to kind of stay with the rule of Hall of Fame or I would or throw bust. it out for David Ray. Put him up. Well, you know what it is? I don't think anyone's going to ever wear it again. So if it's going to be out of rotation, like an eight or a five or whatever, why not just put it up there? Retire it. David Wright is separate i think too from everyone else in Mets history that doesn't already have their number retired and i know we can make arguments for a keith hernandez and you know some players in that 86 team but david wright played his entire career with the mets was at a hall of fame level for the first half of his career mm-hmm. and maybe on that path and obviously the back end of his career was robbed by injury yeah he didn't win a world series in his time at the mets but i think the way that he carried himself, went about it. You saw it the last night. If you don't know what David Wright means to the right, franchise, right. when he just gets... Sitting through whatever 18 innings to watch the Mets and then and then have his his uh, interview, not interview, his speech at the end was what everyone wanted. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and just the fact that, you know, how people react to uh, even uh, Peter O'Brien, excuse me, yeah. right? Uh, booing him for catching the <laughs> yeah, pop-up yeah, 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 of, yeah, of yeah. David Wright. But the energy that night, the fact that so many Mets fans showed up, sell out for what otherwise was a meaningless game for the Mets. Right, right. I mean, again, it, it just shows what David Wright means to the fan base, the team. I, I think the number five goes up, and you don't have to be stringent to the Hall of Fame thing. But then, yes, you know, Tom Seaver, to, he's he's a completely different level from everybody else who's ever worn the Mets uniform. I think it's just weird to me if you're not going to issue it anyway, may as well just, just put it up on the wall. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of unofficially retired anyway, five and eight. Uh, 17, I think Tatis were say A bunch of guys have worn the numbers of the other greats. But if you're not going to issue it, may as well put it on the wall. But um, – Let's transition a little bit down to camp because a couple guys that we were not, you know, you kind of always banking on the the names to be out there. And uh, Frazier and Jed Lowry are probably in danger of missing opening day. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I think this is the only thing that you really worry about in spring training. I don't so much care about guys batting 500 or, you know, a pitcher looking absolutely great in spring training, but you do care about 
who's getting hurt, are they going to be available on opening day, and even if, and right now it seems that Lowry and Frazier will not be available by opening day, but even if they are able to come back, how will this affect them going into the year? You look back at last season, who are the guys that missed time in spring training? Jason Vargas missed time in spring training. He stunk for the first four Conforto. months of the season. Yep. Michael Conforto did not have a full offseason, missed time in spring training. It took him a long time to really start playing up to his potential. So I, I do think you can tie those things together, uh, and, and that worries you a little bit with Frazier and Lowry, and also the fact that that's your third base platoon, right? right, right. The idea was Lowry will play a, a couple of different positions, but – they were going to get a good amount of playing time at that spot. So you lose two guys at the same position, and now you're looking at it and saying, well, instead of Jeff McNeil being an, an outfielder, he's going to play some third base. And you're also, of course, you know, looking around and, you know, Danny Echevarria, is he going to be in the starting lineup on opening day at third base? Right, right. If you're J. not going to move McNeil, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Echevarria, it's right. J.D. Davis. right. That's not if you have Dom Smith, J.D. Davis, and Juan Lagares in your opening day lineup. Right. I'm sorry. That is that's not reason for excitement. Right. In right. a division as we talked about has gotten so much tougher this offseason. I just think it's also you know who knows you get older you get injured things start falling apart on you. But uh, Frazier, who has never been hurt in his career, never on the DL in his in his in his life. Last year he's on it for the first time ever, and now he's hurt in camp. Yeah. So it's it's like the black cloud over Port St. Lucie now or over Flushing. You come to Queens, you start getting hurt. Well, that's the other part of it is it feeds into this, and the Mets can never get over that hump of, oh, it's the Mets, they're all hurt, everybody. They don't know how to handle these guys once something happens. You know, Lowry, when it first comes out that he had the issue with the knee, uh, it's not a big deal day to day, right? And right. then it blows up. Okay, he's going to go get an MRI, and now he's likely going to miss opening day. And when does he actually come back? It'd be 100%. It's kind of that that same old ball rolling downhill that everybody can grab onto. It's the Mets have tried for years now to shove this injury stuff. Like, we're not cursed. This isn't anything unique. We're working on why some of these things seem to fester. But, you know, it's a lot of the same stuff. I will say this, though. If you're going to have injuries in spring have training, well, sure, have yeah. them early. <laughs> and also, let it be the position players and not the pitchers. Right, I, right, I'd right. much rather be talking about Lowry or Frazier missing some time than, you know, Jacob deGrom, Noah Sindergaard, Steven Matz's elbow or shoulder, or things of that nature. That Those are the guys that you want to be healthy, not have any kind of problems in spring training. And not going with thus far, it's been pretty good in that department. I mean, we've been seeing it less this year, but last year or even the year before, it kind of just got me so ground, grinded my gears so much to watch these guys kill it in the gym. Like, we don't need to see Cespedes overdoing it with his legs or last year with uh, Syndergaard bulking up and then they both got hurt. So I don't want to blame it on this bar with methods, but it seems like guys have been toning it back, which is great, but... Other guys like a Dom Smith who needs that sort of uh, strict regimen to get in shape, it's great for them to be down there in camp and, and uh, flexing, uh, yeah, lost flexing a bunch of weight. A lot of weight. So it's, yeah. it's great for them in that aspect, but I just I don't know if the training uh, has been an issue for these guys. Because for, for guys that have never hurt, they come to the team and they get hurt. So. And, and I'll say Frazier and Lowry are old. They're older. Well, older. <laughs> and also they're, they're newcomers to the team. I yeah. know it's Frazier's second year now, but 
I have not seen it. Maybe I've just missed it that they have been working out with Barwis or anything like that. So I don't. This is yeah. I'm not trying to throw the trainers under the bus, but and, and, you know, Fraser Lowry, they're not exactly guys that are jacked. Isn't not that weird? they're out of shape, but you don't look at them and go, "Whoa, look what are these guys doing?" You Isn't know? it weird though? Two guys now. I'm in my late 30s. You're getting close to mid 30s. We mm-hmm. can now say that people are old, but we're old. Yeah, we're old. It's, Pete, we're old. It's it's depressing. Now Have we're getting you existential. Come- <laughs> eventually, eventually, there's going to be that player that you hold on to, yeah. like Bartolo, right? Uh, the oldest guy still going, Jamie Moyer, uh, a couple of years earlier, and you're like, all right, there's still someone my age doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, that <laughs> not, not that much longer. Uh, when um, when I was thinking about this on my, I was in traffic yesterday when uh, Bryce Harper's contract is over. I'll be almost. I'll be 51. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I can't even think about it. If he actually is on the Phillies for that long, <laughs> haunting my dreams until I'm 51, I'll, it's... That's the way it works. Yeah, uh, that's that's what's going to happen. They, they come up, they torture 20 years of your life. If it makes you feel any better, Juan Soto will be torturing you more probably in those 13 years in Washington. Uh, but yeah, I actually saw, I've retweeted this, The Onion had like a sports talk host who was talking about, you know, the 13-year contract and where he's going to be at the end of it versus where Bryce Harper's going to be. And it gets very existential about uh, his, his lack of happiness. And like, <laughs> Speaking of the onion, we're, we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves here a little yeah. bit because it was on the, on the bottom of our list here. But when you first heard about this Nimmo and chicken thing, did you think this was a real headline? Yeah, it's a perfect Mets story, right? We're talking about all the goofy injuries that happen with the Mets. This is exactly that. Only a Met would not know how to properly cook their chicken and therefore get sick, so everybody runs with it. And But this is something that the Mets have to deal with that other franchises don't. And, again, like I'm getting back to with the injuries. This is a perfect example of this. This is something that – Mets fans and the internet and media run with because the Mets have the reputation for these goofy things happening. And this is perfect. And then it turns out it wasn't even the fact that the cook and cook the chicken was undercooked. It was a, a virus, according to his wife. That's completely separate. I thought the hand, mouth, and foot disease no. or whatever it was last year was also an onion base. I, I thought that was also. And then that this, was the chicken, this chicken thing comes out. And I was like, this can't be true. <laughs> Because we talked about this before in life. Who doesn't know how to cook chicken? But like you said, it ended up coming out that it wasn't chicken. It was a stomach virus. So Chelsea, his wife, took to Twitter and uh, went to bat for him and said that the results are in. It wasn't the virus and the can- and they can cancel the cooking lessons but he got some good offers though he had personal chefs you see reaching out to him what is this this is uh he put it on his instagram he says uh thank you john king for being concerned enough to save me the trouble to get my own digital thermometer and they left one yeah. for him i guess in his uh <laughs> perfect people were sending him gifts look it's like an amazon receipt right there like hey brandon enjoy the gift can you imagine using Learn a digital thermometer every time you're cooking chicken no no that would <laughs> you cut you cook it and Does if someone actually do that if it's white you eat it. if it's yeah. pink you don't it says uh please cook chicken to 165 degrees <laughs> thanks john king i guess it's a, a fan that sent that to the clubhouse which i didn't realize that you could do that you could just send gifts to the clubhouse i guess right? you send does somebody to else Mets, open it is there a brandon nemo right i mean some players do that with baseball cards right they'll sign it send like it that's back kinda, to you this day and age it's a little sketchy to do that isn't it? Well, don't send food, but you know you could send a a note or a digital thermometer. <laughs> I don't I don't see how you can taint a, a thermometer. I, I don't know. If I was right a player, I definitely have someone open my mail for me. I don't think I'd be opening. Well, how about this? You know, I think too for Nimmo, 
he he talked to the media the day after, and he's just funny about it. Yeah, and yeah. he's so such he's a nice a, guy, likable guy. He's an awesome guy. nice guy. I, I think he's pretty relatable. Like he's willing to go out there a little bit, make fun of himself. And this guy is if he has the kind of season that he had last year again and is able to repeat it, and he's going to be a major fan favorite at that stadium. Like if I was nine years old, I feel like I would gravitate Ab- to absolutely. him right away. And he's the kind of person that. You know, you'd be happy with your kid gravitating to. That's why. Games, right? That's what got me so not upset, but last year, as a Mets fan, clearly when people we could talk shit about our own players all we want. When someone else talks shit about them, we 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 go to bat for him. You know. Sure. So when he was getting shit on last year for the whole Hustling running to, to first, first yeah. and you know the the media was kind of running with it, and ESPN or whoever else was talking crap about it. I was saying, like, every team should love to have a Nimmo. You know, like you said, if, you, if you're a kid, you'd gravitate towards that type of guy. Do you remember last year, at, I don't know how long you hung around, at QBC when he was a, a guest there, mm-hmm. he hung out for hours. I was breaking down my set. He was still sitting there eating dinner with his wife, wow. just hanging out, talking to fans, doing his thing. because I, you know, I interviewed him. You, you were moderating that? I did the panel with Brandon, and I was told, hey, you're going to do an hour-long interview with Brandon Nimmo. And I hadn't been around Nimmo much. I knew that he was good on a radio interview. But if you're talking to someone for 45 minutes, yeah. th- there are a lot of players that have come through the Mets clubhouse that you, could, you couldn't get through 10 minutes with right, and right, keep right. it entertaining. Uh, but Nimmo was unbelievable. He's willing to share stories growing up in Wyoming. Everybody there walked away rooting for Brandon yeah, Nimmo. Yeah. And that was at a time where – I remember that week I went on the radio show and said, trade this guy for Josh Harrison. And that was the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Mets needed an infielder. Let's make this happen. And and you couldn't have been in the room for that with Nimmo and hear him talk for an hour and connect with fans and people and be willing to do that and not say, hey, I really hope this guy it works out with the Mets. And last year he's phenomenal. He puts in the work and uh, hopefully you know he's back from this, picks up his six pounds that he lost and is – is ready to go and, and be productive again this year. It's a big year for Nimmo because that's always the toughest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to have the breakout, but right, you right. got to do it that second year in a row. That's what I'm thinking about with McNeil, too. You know, yeah. it, he had a great end to the season. Let's see if you can do it again in, in 19. But uh, if you're watching live right now, share the show to be in the running for the gift card towards the end of the show. $20 were given away on both Facebook and Twitter. Share the show or retweet, and you'll automatically be, be put in the running. Let's go to Matt and Tom's River. Let's see what he wants to chat about. What's up, Matt? What's Yo. going on, Matt? You still there? Hey, hello. What's, All right, what's up? What's up, Matt? Hey, who are I talking to? Darren? This is Darren and Pete. You're on the air. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how you doing, brother? I just, I just have one question for you. What would you do when the Mets actually win a World Series in the next couple of years? What's your plan, Matt? Yeah, what are you going to do, Matt? I'll, I'll think about it for a second. What are you going to do? Well, I, I was telling your... Uh, your receptionist that in 2007 when the Giants won, you know, the Super Bowl, I ran down the street like barely naked, you know, <laughs> banging pots and pans. And I'm not really a diehard Giants fan, but if the Mets win, guess what? I'd probably be in tears. Well, how old are you, Matt? How old am I? Yeah. I'm 33. All right. So we're all kind of in the same boat here. None of us have had the chance to really experience it yet. But I'll let Pete go. Pete, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I I don't know how I would react. Like I remember when Juris Familia got the last out of the NLCS in 2015, and I was just like in shock. And I'm like, 
holy crap, they're going to win the World Series. I felt confident about them at the time. And that's the closest. I, I, I root for the Mets, Jets, Islanders, Knicks. I've never seen any of my teams win, so I don't even have the ability to say, well, when the Jets won, yeah, the pots and pans out the street running around. I don't know, and it's built up so long. Yeah. I gotta think it would be well, would emotional, hope. and it would be please, no cameras, stay away from <laughs> yeah. me. I need a couple of minutes to collect look myself, I, and then I'll come out. Look, well, I, I kind of want them to win from for you know, like my whole family. We're all Mets fans besides one, and guess what? He's the black sheep. <laughs> well, Matt, before you grab family. your before you grab your pots and pans, I want you to go to thesevenline dot com and pick up the new T shirt that we just put up that says World Series Champions, and then go outside and, and, and go crazy. But for me, I don't know. I don't really know how I how I would react. I mean, um, I'd probably have to come here. Know. I'd probably have to come here to get ready for the website, and so would Lizzie and everyone else who works here. But I don't know. I'd be really pumped up. I'd be thinking about the parade. I'd probably shed a tear a little bit, and that would be it. Yo, but. you want to hear something sad as a Mets fan? Guess what? Sure. Hit us with one more, then we're going to let you go. We, uh, I actually went to two Yankee parades, and I, I was there when they beat the Mets. What are you doing I there? Was at that <laughs> <party>. <laughs> All right, we Bye. Peace. <laughs> Who would go celebrate a Yankees day in 2000 when they beat the Mets? That took oh a turn God. while I had that question. <laughs> Lizzie, you screen these calls? Maybe maybe his black yeah, sheep brother I, is I did like his, and brought I did along. like his World Series question, but... <laughs> Oh my God! I, I don't, don't know, know I, how it'll react, I and mean, that would be such a big thing. And this is if you're in that age bracket, which we are, and and you could be what twenty. I was whatever. five when they won. I but don't if you're under thirty-eight or so, you don't really have eighty-six. Like right, I was right. alive, but I was yeah, me too. Two. I was five. I was asleep. Like yeah. I, I, you know, if you're <laughs> under eight years old, I don't think it really counts if your team wins. Uh, so it's been such a long time, such a gap, and you, you know the Mets' history in 69, 86, and we'll be celebrating some of that next year. But uh, to actually live it and see it happen, I mean, that's that's what you you dream for and wait for. I just need, to be honest with you, I just need one of my teams. One. I mean, the one. Mets would be a number one. Is that your top team? I'll like, take a you... Jets Super Bowl. Jets Super Bowl might be number one for me. Really? But oh, I got to talk to you about this off the air. Right Someone hit, hit me up and said they uh, they tailgate with you a lot, and he says, "Oh, next time you're with Pete, let him know." I guess you go to the Jets tailgates. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, oh, I, we, well, I got I had season tickets, then I stopped going, and then uh, they got Sam Darnold, so I jump back in next year. I'm undecided what I'm going to do next year, but yeah, I've been going to games for a while. I love going out to the Jets games. If it's just me too, I just don't like getting out of the parking lot. I mean, the Jets. All I want is a home playoff game. Uh, that that's where I'm at with the Jets. Forget about you know winning the Super Bowl right now. Get me a home playoff game one of these years. <laughs> they haven't had one since you know I was in like high school. It's been forever. 2002. Ugh, Jets. All so, right. Let's talk about Dom Smith and yeah. Pete Alonso over at first base. Because how how much do you take spring training numbers into account when you're you're, you're planning out your opening day well, roster? I think for Dom, you're you're happy that he's in shape, looks good, feels good. That's more important to me than what he is doing. I am interested in someone like Pete Alonso having some success in what they're doing because you're seeing them against major league pitching for the first time, and you want to see how that translates. Um, so, you know, it's nice that they're both doing well. You figure they're both going to be involved in this position in some way, shape, or fashion. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see how this will all break down. You would guess 
Alonzo probably starts the season in the minors those first 10 days uh, so that they get the extra year of control on the back end and prevent his free agency. It seems to be the standard in baseball. And Dom Smith, at least you have somebody capable to start those games, you hope. Alonzo comes up after that. I think Alonzo gets the bulk of the playing time. But keep in mind, Dom Smith's actually younger than Pete Alonzo. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for as much He's as Alonzo. Like right? Alonzo's 24. Okay. So as much as Alonzo is like the new toy and he's coming up, he's he's not a 19-year-old. Mm. He's not a 21-year-old. And it's also why if the Mets did decide, hey, we're going to do what's best for the team now and not worry about the year on the back end, I don't think it would kill them as much because of what, you know, he's going to be 30 by the time he hits free right, agency. Right, right. And, who knows if he's going to be great anyway? We, we talked about, about this a right couple now. weeks ago when you when when we were, were chatting on the on the premiere, and you were saying that you know what if he is tearing the cover off the ball and he's doing all the right things up until now three weeks from today, they may start him out there. But if if Dom is doing his thing down there too, and they're seeing production from both, then yeah, maybe they they want to. Uh, Get the extra year of control, but we'll, we'll see. Look, I put Evan a- Dom is a bat off the bench who starts twice a week. Don't be great. Right, right. And you also have the ability potentially to make a deal if a team needs a first baseman. So the more players you have doing well, it presents good right, problems. Right. Yeah, of course. And as we know, these things tend to work themselves out, right? right? That's the old cliche, <laughs> yeah. and it does happen. Uh, so we have a, a poll that you put up yesterday in the orange and blue thing. Yeah, I put it up actually. I think it was this morning, but uh, it's a question. It says, who plays first base for the Mets on opening day? And keep in mind, it doesn't say, who do you want to play first base? It says, who plays first base? And uh, only three options, Dom Smith, Pete Alonso, or other. About 2,500 people voted, and Dom Smith ran away with it at 52%. Pete Alonso at 42 and other at 6%. If it's not these two guys, I don't even know who that other would be. But I think it's pretty safe to say it's probably going to be Dom Smith. Yeah, it could have been Todd Frazier, I think, uh, if they were facing a lefty especially, but with Frazier likely out on opening day with injury, it's going to be one of these two. And, and to my money, I'll be shocked if Brody Van Wagenen makes that big move because that would shake up baseball to some degree. At least it would be a major headline in baseball and all front offices around the game to keep Alonzo, Alonzo up at the major league level because teams just don't operate in right, that fashion right, anymore. Right. They're always looking seven years down the line in a way that you didn't have in the past. I last wish it was year, who was it? Meritocracy, but. Who was it last year? Agon? He started for. Uh, he was the starting first baseman. Yeah, I guess he would have been the. What's he doing? Now? He's done, baseman, right? He's done. Yeah. That's it. He's, he hasn't officially retired that I've seen, but there are a lot of better free agents that are still available, and there are a lot of guys. It's a good. It's been a list of about fifteen to twenty. Major leaguers that you go, ah, he's a decent player that are still out there. Adam Jones Mm -hmm. is still available. Martin Maldonado is talked about a lot as a defensive option for the Mets to catcher until they signed Wilson Ramos. He's still available. We're three weeks from opening day. It's mid-March. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's amazing to me. You know, now that Harper and Machado have signed, you don't have the big headlines anymore. Dallas Keuchel, Craig Kimbrell, but you still have a number of really good players that are sitting on the sidelines. Gio Gonzalez is another you see all the Mets fans going gaga over Bartolo today on the SNY account? Yeah. So uh, we talked about this on the ride over. Bartolo. It's Bartolo. He's lovable, you know, depending on who you ask. But, you know, we want to see them. If the, the Mets are going to go after a pitcher, certainly we would rather Keuchel over bringing Bartolo back for the swan song here. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't have another year left in his arm, but... 
Bartolo would be great, like David Cohn when he came but back. But we're so gets, brainwashed. Gets a few weeks, makes a few starts, maybe it's one really good outing, and you have the little moment. Mets but you don't fans. want to be depending on 48-year-old now, 46-year-old. Hey, we're younger than him. What's he at? Yeah, well, he's the hope for a lot of people But right we're now. so brainwashed and programmed to just cherry-pick the, the scrap heap here, and I think as Mets fans, it's it's almost become accepted that we're that's what we do. And it's like, oh, well – the Mets aren't going to go get Keuchel, so uh, Bartolo is the best option. Or I something think like part that. of it too is just that it's March. What are we on? March seventh, right now. Yeah, like you're not used to asking for big free agents this well, late. Look, we're we're about to start this whole. Thing. But Keuchel wants to hold out. I think I heard for like six years, hundred. Uh, why can't we put together a one year deal or two year deal and say we'll give you the twenty million? No, for you should be one able year. to. I, I understand that, but to to your point, Bartolo's forty five. Aged him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> The legend is always a little better. Uh, but for, I think, fans right now, you're not accustomed to you know still reaching for the stars in middle of March. Middle of March is typically Bartolo Colon-like territory. Somebody gets hurt, Bartolo yeah, comes yeah. in and he's your guy. <laughs> but now when somebody gets hurt, boy, you get some real options. You know, if the Mets had an injury in the rotation or even a scare – Right where somebody could miss the first couple of weeks of the season, yeah, you better believe you should be going out there and replace if you want to be a serious contender in the division. And Steven Matz ends up, you know, hurting his wrist and is out for two months. <laughs> Sorry, you, know, you better <laughs> you better go out there and make a run at the very least to Gio Gonzalez, somebody who's capable to step into that spot and not say, "Well, Chris Flexen lost a lot of weight. We're going to trust him to do it." Right, right, right. Not when you have these kinds of options that are still out there. And the Mets have been hungry, though, as far as the front office. And I mentioned that a little bit before. I and mean, it is a new big name every day, Al Leiter. Uh, and then the big one, Jessica Mendoza of Sunday Night Baseball, uh, brought in as well. I, I mean, I don't know why people get riled up about this. I texted you about it right away to see what your comments were. But Yeah, yeah well, Mendoza's interesting. One, obviously, because she's female and in the front office now, and she broke barriers uh, on Sunday Night Baseball as a broadcaster, You know, having been a, an amazing softball player. I actually enjoy listening to her on the, uh, on the broadcasts. And then you, know, you have another voice in the front office. Now, listen, this is one of the key things. It's somebody that Brody Van Wagenen trusts. And it's a sounding board for him. He, CAA represented her, uh, so they have a familiarity. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having a couple of people that you could pick up the phone and call and get their opinion on yeah, yeah. what's happening with the team. Yeah, I don't think she's going to be traveling every day. She's there as an, as an, an advisor role, I guess, yeah. and, and uh, player development and all that. But let me ask you this. She still does work for ESPN. Let's say the Mets have a game on Sunday Night Baseball, and now she's on payroll with the Mets. Is that a conflict? Sure, and there are a lot of those conflicts around baseball. Alex Rodriguez is on the Yankees' payroll as an advisor. Al Leiter, who the Mets hired earlier in the week, is still going to work at MLB Network. So, you know, it's it's not ideal, I think, for the broadcasts, but this is this is the world now where you have people dipping in a lot of different things and beholden to, you know, quite a few different interests. And if ESPN is comfortable with that and the people who watch the Sunday night broadcast, I think that's where it ultimately is. If they feel cheated because she's not giving her honest opinion, well, maybe you don't watch the non-Mets games on, on that station because of that. But that's, 
that's kind of what you're looking at. To me, it's on the networks to prevent these kinds of things more so than somebody who's, you know, trying to make a buck and, you know, utilize their expertise in various ways. Did you see uh, Ron Darling, who is actually, he, he came out and he said, uh, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. I sparked this Twitter account back up because I have a book coming out. So yeah. he was telling, he worked for Keith Hernandez last year. Uh, <laughs> Ron needs a pet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Go get a goldfish, Ronnie. Ron stepped up uh, just to go to bat a little bit for Jessica because I guess there was some people chirping, you know, some Mets fans may have been writing or whoever Ron follows saying, well, why would you hire her? And his tweet was, Jessica Mendoza is one of the most intelligent, hardworking people in the industry. Who wouldn't want to hire her? I'm proud to call her my friend. Don't at me. I'm too busy letting folks know that they still have hair growing between their toes. I did, this whole thing, the, my favorite part of it is how does Ron Darling know to write don't at me here? Because that's like <laughs> such like a, 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 a Twitter thing, I guess, to write he's don't at me. He's been on Twitter for a long time. Yeah. He just hasn't he's, I think he's, just, he's been observing. There are lots of people, the lurkers, yeah. that are out there reading it, taking it all in, understand the internet culture, but they don't contribute. Yeah, I heard Howie. Howie, uh, I did a pregame show last year with Alyssa Rose, and she said that, that her dad has a Twitter account. He doesn't tweet, and she doesn't know what his account is either because i guess he blocked her or something like that (laughs) but uh they're all on there blocking your own daughter yeah yeah but yeah gary cohen too has talked about having a lurker account you have to have it i mean if you're in the industry you can't not have an account it's fast information and it's information that's tailored to you as i hit the microphone for the fourth time (laughs) uh but it's tailored to you it's all right right whatever you want so yeah you have to be doing those things stuff breaks down in the clubhouse and you have the information yeah 30 seconds I mean, my dad, there's, you know, having dinner, my dad who watches the show a lot and and he always lets me know if I curse too much, but uh, I've been trying to tone it today. Three. You've been counting. I've been toning it back a little (laughs) bit. Uh, The, um, the newspaper articles, he still takes pictures of the newspaper and sends sends it to me, but I, you know, no disrespect to him. I I appreciate he's trying to look out for me because he knows I do this every day, but uh, we get that news instantly. Twitter, like tomorrow's n- newspaper is a day day late, you know? So it's, of course, the guys, Gary, Keith, Ron, they all have been lurking on the Twitter. They have to be. Uh, let's get to the phones and see what Stephanie from Tom's River wants to talk about. What's up, Stephanie? Hey, how are you? Oh, I love this voice. I haven't heard from you in a while. How are you doing, Stephanie? That's what I said. I'm, I'm good. And th- thanks for holding, too. I said the same thing. <laughs> So what do you got going on? Uh, nothing much. Just hanging out ready for uh, the regular season. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, how many games do you think they will win this upcoming season? This is a tough question. I'll let Pete go first. Now, I'll go, I'll go okay. 87. 87, right in that wild card mix. They're going to have to do something at the deadline to be a true playoff team. But they're, they're right at that cusp. I think we were talking about this at the QBC. I think I asked a few people this, and we didn't actually edit together the uh, um, the piece. But I think I said 92. 87 is not going to get it done. That's I don't think. High. Well, it is high, but I mean, I'm always. I, what do they say? Pie in the sky, whatever. Eye in the sky. I'm always thinking a little high for the team. So I'll say 92, even though it's probably not going to happen. Well, what about you, Steph? Oh, God. Well, I have the two of you beat. I have 95 and 67. Um, oh, I don't think wow. that can happen. <laughs> Let's do it. I like to be an optimist. I know. Listen, I, know. I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. So uh, we'll see who's right at the end of the season. All right, Steph? <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Have something, a going. Something that I find, Darren, is, thanks for the call, Steph, is as 
time goes along in spring training, if there's not really bad news, my number keeps going up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just you get excited. It's opening day is coming. Okay, nobody's hurt. It's this team, and then you start imagining the possibility. But like you said in the fast. jump, the East is going to be so tight that it's it's hard to to break that that high number of a ninety five. You know what's going to be interesting this year as well, just in terms of the, the fan base's optimism, the way that last year started. We're there 11 and 1. And yeah. people were very cautious about jumping into this team initially. Not me. But at 11 <laughs> and 1, boom, everybody's in. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is a playoff year. You're looking at the odds on, uh, you know, fan graphs of what they can, you know, make the playoffs and things like that. Oh, this could be a great team. They could play 500 ball for the rest of the way and be a playoff team. And we know what happened. So. <laughs> I think this year is going to be interesting for the team to really win over the fan base because there wasn't one overwhelming offseason move. Right. People get excited for baseball, and that's fine, but then you have games two and three and so on. And even if the Mets have a great start, I wonder how far that's going to have to go before people say, okay, the Mets aren't going to hurt me again. I'm going to let my guard down and, and get all in here and start getting emotionally involved. Yeah, after that, what, they win five games in May. It was yeah. it was, June, uh, the high, it was such a high game. and then the, yeah. such shit after that. But uh, the next four. person to get through – four? <laughs> four games? Oh, cursing? Your cursing? Oh, sorry, man. This uh, is the game. No, uh, no, no, look, I don't mind. I it just jumps out to me. Well, because you don't, you're never allowed to curse <laughs> yeah, on on your on your channels that you work to for. Do it in my hey, life, so. give me a shit really quick. Six three one three eight eight five one nine five. The next person to get through will play what's in the box. And while you're watching, definitely share the show if you're watching the live stream. If you're watching afterwards, here's a little incentive to watch us next week. We're on Thursday again next week at six o'clock. Eastern, Facebook, and Periscope slash Twitter. Tune in. Me and Pete hanging out, drinking beers. Uh, let's transition a little bit because talking about depth, the Mets brought back, a, brought back a familiar face who hasn't been in camp in 11 years. What do you think about the move to bring back Carlos, Gonzaga, Con Carlos Gomez? Carlos Gonzalez <laughs> would have been nice, too. Another guy yeah. still available, still a free agent. Uh, yeah, it's and a, it's people a got list. confused for the car back when the whole Wilmer Flores thing was going on. I think some people thought we were getting the wrong guy. Well, but, everybody was confused yeah. that night. I think Wilmer was the most confused of everybody that night. But what do you think about this move? Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? The guy who was sent out to bring in Johan Santana. And think about how long ago that was. And that feels, uh, you know, the, the start of Johan Santana's time with the Mets. And now he's back. Plus, it's a depth deal. But these are the things that the Mets did not do last year where they had injuries, they lost guys in the outfield, they lost guys in the pitching staff, and they don't have anyone to go to down in the minor leagues. And for a team that doesn't have a, a ton of prospects at the upper levels that are ready to come in and contribute, this is how you build your depth. You don't want to depend on Tim Tebow coming up and being your fourth or fifth outfielder. If he does that and earns it, great, but you don't want it to be because – hey, we don't have anybody to go to, and he's the best outfielder on our minor league team. And the Mets have made some moves over the last few weeks to strengthen the depth down there at the minors. And, hey, there's no downside. Anytime you're signing a guy to a minor league deal, can't go wrong, right? Gomez comes in. If he is what he was four years ago, great. He could step in and help you out on the big league team. If not, he hangs out at AAA Syracuse, and you have him just in case. So 
Uh, I don't I don't think there's any downside at all here. I just think it's it's funny the history that Carlos Gomez has had with the Mets, you know, racing Jose. I was Reyes, just going to bring that up. Yeah, race, yeah. Like, you know, that was such a big deal yeah. all these years ago, and now finally we get to see him, you know, up at the major league level in a Mets uniform. Yeah, he was saying today it's a dream come true for him, and uh, or it's a dream. I don't know if a dream come true, but it's a dream to be back, and he wants to contribute on the big league level, and I think he's certainly going to get his chance to. Uh, I don't know if many fans saw this coming, but. You know, he's back in the blue and orange, and we'll see what he's got left in the tank. But yeah, He could face Keon Broxton. You know, yeah, yeah, Have yeah. a little bit of yeah. a face-off yeah. to, to get one of those spots where Broxton has the kind of season that he had last year in Milwaukee. Well, he might end up in the minor leagues, as he did last year, and, you know, Carlos Gomez gets an opportunity. I don't know who wrote it, but it was on Twitter, and they said if you want to compare – it was back-to-back tweets, so, you know, that someone did a screenshot. If you want to compare the off-seasons of, let's say, the Phillies to the Mets, it was highlighting – uh, the Phillies getting Harper, and then Keon Broxton has like twelve puppies or something like that. It was like it was like back to back. Harper gets thirteen years. Broxton, uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's uh, mating puppies uh, essentially, getting into that, which is great. And... But it's just like, come on, the things you, that the, these guys have oh. to to write about, and uh, you know, it's spring it's... training. But it, the idea, what I liked, I, I read Anthony DeComo's story. Is it, maybe that's what it was. MLB.com, and apparently after a whole day of spring training, running around, playing with the Mets, he goes home and he is bottle feeding eight puppies which is great <laughs> it's and he has a kid too he has a baby as well and he was saying the baby's less work than the puppies are. yeah so we were talking about getting a dog i don't know if you have a dog no uh and every time i bring it up people say you have a kid she's three and a half She's potty trained. She's, you know, she's going to school a few days a week now. Why do you want to get a dog and start over and have to go walk the dog in the yeah, rain? Most people do the dog first, no. then the kid. The yeah, dog's so like the trial. Maybe we'll do a rescue who's in a, a bad home and, you know, it needs a nice place to stay. But I'm not trying to start over and, and get a puppy. That's That would be a nightmare. Um, let's hit the phones. Cats and, are easy. And, uh, oh, really? You have a cat? I'm not I a had cat, a cat I'm not for a cat a guy. short time. I was I think allergic. Lizzie's got a cat. I'm not uh, yeah. Uh, my wife's allergic to cats. I have a dog that looks like a cat. We're not really oh. cat people. You have a dog that looks like a cat? Oh, the little one. Yeah. The little, the little thing. And I call her a little kitty all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's hit what's in the box. Tonight or today or whatever. I don't even know what time it is. It's tonight. We got Scott in Indiana for what's in the box. What's up, Scott? What's going on, fellas? We're just hanging. Uh, we got one, two, three, or four tonight for what's in the box. They are actually boxes tonight, Pete. Yeah, they're real boxes, legit cardboard. Here you go. Whatever's in there is yours. Lizzie will slap a uh, slap a, a shipping label on there and get out to you tomorrow. So it's the choice is yours. One, two, three, or four. I want to see if there's a heavy one here. Uh, what? Which one's got a hat in it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. What do you got? One, two, three, or four. Uh, let's go with three since he's holding it. All right. It was not the one I was on, maybe initially. All right, so now we're on three. Well, it was a second ago. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you probably got a tape delay over there. Oh, so you wanted, what did you want? Number three. Well, you wanted a hat, right? You got yeah. a, I think that's a snapback. Nice. You snapback, got the, uh, the. Mets hat. Script lettering. Look at this. There you go. That is a beaut. And it's a snapback, so it probably well fits done. you. Yep. That's going to look fresh on opening day. All right, Scott. So All right. right. So, well, here's, here's the question. Oh, sure. Yo, you got a question, too? All right, hit us. All right. So I'm leaving for Florida next Friday. When are you going to have it to me, Buck? <laughs> I'll send it to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. So you live in Indiana. Please. You'll have it Monday or Tuesday? Okay, that'll work. 
All right, man. Have a good one. Yeah, going down, going down to spring training, uh, leaving Friday. Going to a game on uh, the 17th and the 18th down in Jupiter. Oh, oh nice. Awesome. St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's. And then we're going on a cruise for a week after that. So Lucky L- you. Big, <laughs> big, big, big couple weeks coming up. Pretty excited. Then you awesome, come back and there's Scott. baseball. That's, that's, that's yes. awesome. Yeah. All right, yep, Scott. And we might go to uh, the April 1st game down in Miami, too. Awesome, awesome. Have fun, man. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye, Scott. Nice All right, job. take care. This is a good hat. I like that Scott's like, thanks for the free hat. When can I have it? Because I need it right away. <laughs> I want it now. I'm like, uh, how about we just, Lizzie, when we turn this show off, can you drive to Indiana and drop this hat off for Scott? Sure. <laughs> no, Scott, we're just busting your chops. Thanks for calling. Free hat. Uh, so we are going to do our share contest. I do have to say that the caller before Scott was shouting Nancy, and she wants to say what's up. But she already won <laughs> a prize, so I didn't put it through. Oh, wait a minute. But you mean she, won- she she won this year already? Yeah. Well, she won last year. We don't really have those rules, but I guess. She just wanted to say what's up? Yeah, <laughs> she did. You're on camera, so you just said thanks a oh, lot. Oh, fucking doodle do. <laughs> Shouty, we love you, Shouty. And we're going to see her next week at McKellar for yeah. our little get-together for the season ticket members. Uh, another shout-out to them. Thanks for the brewskis tonight. And if you do shop with us online the7line.com, whatever you might want to pick up. When we ship your package, we put in one of these little postcards. Make sure you read it and don't lose it because it's good for 10% off at the brewery for the rest of the year. So make sure you bring it. I am going to do a little shilling on our website because we have some stuff coming out next week before our next show. And I want to make sure that you guys are in the loop just in case this might be the only, uh, I don't know, seven-line stuff that you consume throughout the week. So Next week, our satin jackets are coming back on Wednesday morning. We got the blue, ver- the blue version and the black version. We have 150 of each. And once they're gone, they're gone. That's all we made, 150 in men's and women's. <laughs> we also have the This Is Love tees and V-necks, along with a bunch of decals and the two polo shirts. I think I was That'll be good for the wedding. The polo this shirt? This Is Love. Uh, oh, This shirt. Is Love. Yeah. Well, you know what that's from? You know why we're making those? Why is that? Uh, David Wright said it like three times during his speech. Oh, yeah. Said okay. He looked around and he wasn't sure what to say. He said, this sure. is love, this is love. So that's a little shout out to the cap. Uh, it's going up next Wednesday. If you're listening to this afterwards as a podcast, maybe go to the com and check it out. <laughs> next Wednesday, the 13th at noon Eastern. Go check it out and you can pick something up and we'll ship it out to you. So I don't know what Lizzie's laughing at back there. Because I said fuck a doodle do and now everybody's making fun of the fact <laughs> that I said fuck a doodle do. When did you say right. that? Does that count as a curse, Pete? Oh yeah, where well, she's up to three. We used to have a yeah. bell here. I don't know where the bells went. <laughs> Andrew wants to know where the bell the bell is. But every time I used to curse, somebody would ring the bell. They, uh, we use them for tailgate here. Y'all so. are funny. Uh, we're gonna do a share contest now. Lizzie's gonna take care of the Facebook and I'm gonna do the Twitter. <laughs> Pete, did we get to everything we want to talk about tonight? Yeah, I think we, we covered it all. All right. Some- All right, Lizzie, you're up. Oh. <laughs> uh, and whoever keeps calling me, I'll have to call you back. I'm trying to do a live broadcast um, here. I'm sorry. Today I picked Michael Stahl. Michael Stahl. Did you hit him up? Nope. But I'm about to. All right. And then I will take care of the little retweet here. Um, Pete, thanks for coming out again, man. Yeah, this is awesome. No, I'll be back out next week. Looking forward to that. It's always fun talking some Mets and... Uh, 
you know, wish uh, there was better news today, you know, coming in on the train and, and reading about Tom Seaver and his uh, dementia w- was certainly, you know, uh, it's it's upsetting. It's lousy, yeah. especially going into the, the year that we are in the celebration of the 50th anniversary. But uh, no doubt we're approaching baseball season in these next few weeks, man, and now start really ramping it up and looking at what they got and, you know, talk about something other than, you know, the big guy that the Phillies got. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that'll finally die down. How about Harper, too? He's already trying to ret- uh, recruit Trout and and make it all happen over there. I mean, talk about really em- having the fans embrace you when you start talking like, oh, you're going to do everything you right, can right, to right. bring in the other great player and the greatest What happens in that generation. instance? You're not really supposed to do that. So is yeah, it like a slap to. on the wrist? Ah, come on. Yes, it would be a little one of these uh, Rob Manfred will give to Bryce Harper. But listen, this is what... The NBA has done such a great job of over the years, and you might not, you know, love the fact that you have super teams and players have so much power. But I'll just say it's interesting. People like the the palace intrigue, and you know who's pulling the strings, and you know are these guys friends? Like every time Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have a conversation, Knicks fans are like, "Oh, it's gonna happen!" <laughs> See, they're, they're yeah. talking about joining the Knicks. So I think people like that stuff, like the mystery of it, and for a star player in baseball to give a little shout out to the hometown guy in Philadelphia, Mike Trout, Jersey native. If it actually happens though, it's bad, bad news for us. If that that actually happens, that'll be very bad news. You'd be very, would you do the math before 13 years? I'll be 51 in 13 years. Cross off the Mets until uh, about that age. Yeah. I'm I'm not looking forward to it. All right. So Pete, listen, tell me when to stop. This is who's going to win the share contest on Twitter tonight. All right. Count it up. Think about it. So we had six curses today. So we'll go one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six. Stop. All right. Zach underscore Naw. You are the winner. Let me send him a little message. You win. You're welcome, Zach. Hooked you up. Yep. Knew exactly when to stop it. So can we'll I, see you guys can next. Can I shout my, myself out real quick? Oh, sure. A little my shout cycle, out to yourself. My cycle for survival uh, ride is tomorrow. We are $410 away from meeting our group goal of $30,000 raised, which is wow. amazing. So if anybody wants to help us, $10 is awesome. $1 is great. You don't want to give we'll a shout out to who everything. just donated $1,000? Travis Darno just, just donated $1,000 to our team, which is amazing. So thank you, Travis. That's You're awesome. amazing. You're a great guy. We love you. So we'll end it on that. We'll see you guys next week. It's on my Twitter feed if anybody wants to give us our last push through. Absolutely. Go Thank for you. it. Uh, we'll see you guys next Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Pete and myself, Lizzie fielding the calls, drinking some McKellars and hanging out. We are just three weeks away from opening day. I can't wait. So Almost there. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you soon. Peace.